Hey, Steve! It's a bit of a solo act today, at least for this brief recording. Um, me and Steve did not get together to record one last episode on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for the year, so instead I'm taking the conversation that Joey and I and Steve had at the end of our Game Awards stream and using that as a sort of final podcast of the year, uh, like mini podcast of the year, plus... Um, well, I mean, just, uh, I guess a Christmas present, you could say, because it's Christmas weekend. Um, but in addition, and this is very unscripted, I'm sorry. Um, so if there's any gaps, apologies. I just wanted to give a sort of thank you to all listeners. And just even though the listeners to the podcast don't encapsulate everything that I do, like I, even though I haven't updated the YouTube channel in over a year, somehow there's still people subscribing um, still watching what I do, well, what I've made rather, uh, there are some people reading the blog, there are people listening to the podcast and there are people watching the stream. Usually it feels like it's different people, different groups. And while I'd love nothing more than for them all to be consolidated into everything that I do, um, it's just nice to have that some. And so, for, or rather, like just, just to have any, just to have that, right? Just to have audiences for everything I do, even if it's varying sizes and nobody gets like the full experience, you can say. Um, or at least very, very few get the full experience, which I guess calling it experience sounds weird too. But like every, all of my creative stuff, like it, it's spread out. But to get back on track, I just wanted to say again, thank you for sticking by because this is an irregular update schedule me and steve can't always get together and while i've been working on changing it up a little bit because of the new streaming angle and stuff um even that i haven't been able to fully like i wanted to make it big and organized and stuff so we'd have a regular schedule that hasn't worked um but that might be for the better anyway that way we're always talking about what we're into at the time, right? We're, we're always talking about something that we're really down with that we want to talk about. So with that in mind, um, again, just thank you guys for sticking by. Thank you guys as I am erratic and irregular and just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been strange and different in this year, especially has been, after being away from social media for a while and after being away from a forum that I really feel like is part, I'm part of, I'm part of as a community member, like I am part of a forum, but I'm not really there because I feel like I belong there. It's more just a place to occasionally spill out some of my thoughts or get some additional perspective on things that I'm playing or what, see, see what other people are thinking in the end. And it has led to me coming off as a jerk at times, especially this year, because it's led to this weird sort of um, over philosophical contemplation when it comes to things like identity and how we label ourselves and how we rely on those labels even to create a sort of a community, especially in this day and age where most of our communities are online rather than in person. Um, like Personally speaking, I do have my church I go to, and that is a community, and that is probably my most satisfying community to be a part of, even though I have a lot of differences with everyone in that building, but it's just satisfying because it is a community, 
And anywhere that I go to express for my passion of games, my passion of any kind of entertainment as art kind of ideas and thoughts, it more feels like I'm alone because I keep bumping up against perspectives, ideas, and thoughts that seem to just completely run counter to mine. Be it the um, just absolute love of loving things one might call it where you're going to go see a movie just because it's a brand you recognize um regardless of whether that 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 brand deserves to go on ought to go on or the movie looks good or if it looks like a, a cash in or what have you um there's you know that i don't i don't relate to that kind of whatever people call geeky nerdery or even in games that sort of gamer element but then at the same time, I see people on the exact, exact opposite spectrum where it's like nothing's good anymore. There's nothing good. There's nothing enjoyable. There's nothing to be uh, played or loved. All the good things are dead, you know, that I fell in love with. And it's like, no, that's not where we are at all. There is plenty of good out there. Um, and in the past, I've said I want to be the sort of person that helps shed light on that good stuff. But in the end, I guess I'm still working through what I am as a content creator. Streaming has been enjoyable because it is social, because I have friends that I'm close to come tune in and hang out. Um, so that's different than all the other content I create where a lot of it doesn't get that much feedback or where, especially with YouTube, it's always been so much work over such a long period of time. And I'm evidently really bad with delayed gratification too as uh it just wears me out a lot of times trying to work on something so i'm trying to see I, I i said i basically quit the youtube in its current form and that's true i'm probably not doing any of those big long analyses again but i do want to go back and try and make some things at least i want to take some of what i got from resident evil 4 my footage from darksiders see if i can make small little bits of what i've got there like elements of the game's design that i noticed that i think are worth discussing but might be just a smaller video instead of part of a bigger video instead of part of a bigger analysis um again i can't make promises though um, especially since I've been bad about just updating my blog, even I want to update my blog more. It hasn't been updated. I've been struggling even now to put together end of year wrap up stuff that I want to do. Um, but, uh, regardless, that's just some of my thoughts, um, regarding all that. And I want to again, express gratitude and hope that there will be stuff for you guys that have stuck with me despite, again, slow updates, irregular updates, that you'll have something in the, the the future for you. And in terms of the podcast, that goes for we're going to definitely in January have maybe a lot of stuff I want to do. We're going to do the game, the, our games of the year wrap up kind of thing or year in review. It's probably going to be me, Steve and Joey. And if I could get a fourth on board, I hope to. Um, we're going to try and do a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, spoiler podcast. Um, I feel like there might be something else. Like I am finishing up Scarlet Nexus. So maybe a Scarlet Nexus spoiler podcast. There's a few things that I'm hoping to do and hopefully going to try and have the, the, the guests rotate a bit more. Um, we'll see, but either way, hoping to have more of that. And of course we're going to hit episode 100 next year and it's going to actually come up sooner than I think even I'm keeping up with. I think this when this goes up, it might be episode 95. So 
I would like to make episode 100 just a big, you know, put in your questions or like, what do you want us to talk about? So if you have anything you'd like to hear from us, um, ramblepack64 at gmail.com. Uh, ramblepack has no C in it, just P-A-K. So ramblepack64 at gmail.com. Please send some kind of a thought or email, something that you're like, please, I would like to hear you discuss this. I would like to know your thoughts on this. Otherwise, it might just be a reflection on some of the stuff me and Steve have discussed over the past, how long have I been doing this for? Since 2017. So actually close to five years. It took five years to hit episode 100, I think, which it doesn't feel like I've been doing this for five years. Interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, and yeah, it's almost 10 years for the YouTube channel, oddly enough, but yeah, if that that's some of the stuff that we have in in line for early next year. Um, we'll we'll figure out everything else because also you know we want to me and Joey at least want to have our discussion on game difficulty, and I want to be a bit more fair with that. Because um, when we first discussed it during the the stream for the game awards, or actually the first podcast when we were discussing the categories and nominees for the game awards and some predictions, we did we were a little bit unfair. In some ways, it is a difficult thing to discuss, but I think part of that is also because we come down firmly on one side regarding our preference. So, um, in regards to everything else though, like, um, check the blog to ramblepack64.com. Uh, check that out because, uh, not only do I post these episodes when I do have something that I write up, it, it does go there. And right now, like there's the, the, my big long write up on power on, the story of Xbox documentary put up by um, Microsoft. That one, I I enjoyed writing that. It's one of those rare instances where I feel like I have my my voice, my thoughts. Here's what I want to say. And it's just, boom, it works. It's just out there. And it was also one of those elements where I didn't even get to say everything that's on my mind. But it also kind of means a lot to me because the Xbox, it was a different sort of love for that system than I had for others. Like I love the Super Nintendo and I love Nintendo in general, but with Nintendo at this stage in my life, I'm never sure what they're going to do next. So their next product could be great for me or it could be less great. And every, regardless, every system that they put out has drawbacks. Um, so they make a lot of great games. I can always count on them for that, but I can also count on them to do something that it's like, uh, I don't know about that. Whereas the original Xbox was like, your only complaint is that they never bothered to do something like patch in online for Halo 1. Um, the original Xbox was great. It was a great system. So watching that documentary, it made me want to love Xbox again because I've never really loved PlayStation. I've never really loved Sony. And it's funny because I know a lot of friends... Yeah, I mean, I had two friends that are Sony guys, and they basically told me, like, man, I bought every Sony system since the first one. And it's actually funny looking back. I haven't bought a lot of systems day one. I think the only two I can remember were the Game Boy Advance and the Nintendo Switch. And Oh, no, the the Nintendo 3DS, too. Not the Nintendo DS, though. Um, But, yeah, there's, like, not a lot of systems I bought day one, but for, like, Sony, I think I have owned every Sony system as well. But not at launch necessarily. I've always waited a bit. Um, and I always waited. Like the Xbox One was the first one I did. It took me a while to get for the Xbox systems. But 
I feel like Sony right now is at a point where they keep making decisions behind the scenes that to me are like red flags, red alert. Like you cannot trust them right now. Um, they're doing all kinds of things that are just bad. Like all the indie developers are against them or not against them, but like just telling you is like how bad their storefront is and how bad this, that, and the other thing is. And then you find out that from, from the Epic, uh, Apple and Epic lawsuit that Sony is charging for cross play. So if you can play your game on PS4 with people on Xbox, it's because that, that studio, that developer, that publisher, they paid Sony money for that, uh, that privilege to do that. Whereas everyone else is giving it out for free. And it's like, uh, in addition to all the other things, it's like I keep hearing this stuff and it's like, man, Sony, like they're they're the bad guy now. They are the ones that right now are the bad guy, but they're not doing anything that's so blatantly, obviously stupid, like uh, 599 US dollars that people are just still going in on it. And because of the chip shortage, the scarcity, you do have this sort of scarcity can be good for a product because it gives people that FOMO, that fear of missing out. So they're going to try and get it as soon as they can, because otherwise, how long do they have to wait? So it sounds awful to say, but this chip shortage, and some people might not even agree, but the chip shortage, I think that's actually beneficial to Sony because it means there's guaranteed to be people wanting to buy the PS5. And that's working out for Microsoft in a lot of ways too, even though the Xbox One S is still plenty in supply, but the C the Series X, sorry, the Xbox Series S, because the Series X is still you know, lower supply because it has a disk drive and it's the more powerful one. So that's what people want to upgrade to. But if you don't care about 4K, if you don't care about some of this other stuff, you can get the Xbox Series S. Or if you don't care about not having a disk drive. Um, but that, I think, is part of the disappointment, too. Because it's like, okay, I would love to be all in with Xbox again. I would love to be all about following them, giving them my faith as a consumer. But other than I think Game Pass is a good deal, I don't trust Microsoft now. Because... The guy and that documentary really hits on it. The guys that were there for the original Xbox, they like they understood what they were making and they had a passion and a drive. It wasn't just a business, it was this is something we want to do because we're we want to make something we want to use. Um, if we were going to make a games console as a developer and as a gamer, what would we want? And that's what drove them. And now I don't think that's the driving philosophy and I don't think it's been for a while. So Nintendo at least has the, we're a toy maker. What's fun in their mind? Like there's business there still too. You do have business, you do have shareholders and all that, but first and foremost, they're a toy company and that means they have fun in mind. And so that is something that I feel you can trust more even if you also know that means you're not always going to be the target. Um, it, it's like a purity of focus on their end. And so I don't see that in either Sony, especially now that Sony is headquartered in America instead of Japan. We've now got a whole culture change and then there's all kinds of stuff that happens 
with that, again, I'm and I'll openly admit I'm upset that they closed so many of their Japanese studios. So much of the Japanese talent is gone and it feels like it's all because they want to chase Naughty Dog. But again, like that's that's just like and when you get right down there's so much of that going on in this industry anyway. I mean, right now, Activision is the one that's big and obvious, but Randy Pitchford still has a job. You know, it's not like he's a good person. Um, you see uh, Ubisoft insist, like telling their employees, sorry, no, NFTs are the future and we're going to keep chasing loot boxes and stuff. Like you see the, all of these big companies and it's enough to, to, to really lose some of your faith in this stuff. But again, that's where I say, like, that's why I know people that are all doom and gloom. But when you step away from that, you then you find some, like, again, Game Pass is friendly corporate. You can't trust them. They're never your friend. But it at least has value in mind. You're not paying 70 bucks for the new Halo. You're not paying 70 bucks when uh, the next um, Hellblade comes out, when the next Starfield comes out, because as long as you have Game Pass... Boom, there it is. You got it. Now, granted, if you don't have Game Pass, the nice thing is you can still buy it on Steam. Um, you can still better. No, granted, the Bethesda games and all that, they are going to be on Microsoft's platforms exclusively now. But there's somewhat of a choice and an option there. And you're not going to have Epic Game Store exclusivity. So you still have options. If you don't want Game Pass, you can still get it on PC. You can still get it on Steam. And you can still end the Microsoft Store. So you're not even forced just to use the Microsoft Store. You're on Steam. Um, and then you can get it on console if you want. Or you can use xCloud. You know, like, that's where Microsoft's strategy is now. It's not about selling you the device. It's about selling you the platform. And, well, not okay, that's bad word. It's just about selling you the service. And that service is on every platform that you already have. And so... That is, people keep calling it consumer friendly. I'm still looking at it as a as a potential Trojan horse, but it is valuable. It is a way that, and I've I've taken advantage of it. Like I've benefited from using Game Pass this year, um, and that will be something I write about for my year write up when I get to it for the blog. But that's 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 the thing. Like you have these elements of lack, I guess, to, to dial back a bit, the lack of trustworthiness in companies, but at the very least, I feel like Microsoft is somewhat looking at me not just as a consumer willing to shell out money to swallow whatever they're shovel, shoveling out. They do care about variety in their product. And early stages so far, they seem like they're going to be a good first party studio developer. Um, they look like they're trying to right wrongs of the end of the 360 and the early Xbox One. But, you know, I've got, you know, I'm shaking your hand, but I've got a knife behind my back just as I, I expect you to have. That's my feeling towards Microsoft right now. Whereas Sony, I'm basically done. I'm done giving them money until I see them set the knife down. Because I feel like they're just flaunting it at this point. But again, they're not flaunting it in the same way that they did when they said $599 US dollars. 
because that's basically when they rose it up in a threatening manner. And I, this, this allegory is going too far. Um, or metaphor, allegory or metaphor. I can never keep track. Um, but anyways, yeah, those are some of my feelings on that. And I guess it's a look again, it's a little window because I'm surrounded by my friend. Like I'm, I'm sitting here making all these feelings known. Meanwhile, I have friends everywhere that are like, yes, yeah, so I just got a new PlayStation five. And it's like, Oh, and that again, it's like the, the, the dumbest things that can lead you to feeling isolated. But anyways, that is the, I think that's the end of what I want to say on those matters. And again, it's like, that's some of what I have in store for the future. And anyways, thank you for listening this year. Thank you for uh, still sticking around. Thank you. If, if you have checked out the streams, if you've checked out uh, anything, like anything else that I've done. Um, and I thank you for sticking around until next year. So here's my thank you to you. I hope you at least enjoyed this one last episode. Uh, may it help you on your travels to and from family if you got them, or if you just, you know, need something to listen to, then here you go. Here's an episode. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. And now without further, uh, without any further wasting of time, here's our conversation after the game awards. Hey, Steve is a bit of a solo act today, at least for this brief recording. Um, me and Steve did not get together to record one last episode on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for the year. So instead, I'm taking the conversation that Joey and I and Steve had at the end of our Game Awards stream and using that as a sort of final podcast of the year, uh, like mini podcast of the year, plus... Um, well, I mean, just, uh, I guess a Christmas present, you could say, cause it's Christmas weekend. Um, but in addition, and this is very unscripted, I'm sorry. Um, so if there's any gaps, apologies, I just wanted to give a sort of thank you to all listeners. And just, even though the listeners to the podcast don't encapsulate everything that I do, like I, even though I haven't updated the YouTube channel in over a year, somehow there's still people subscribing, um, still watching what I do, well, what I've made rather. Uh, there are some people reading the blog. There are people listening to the podcast and there are people watching the stream. Usually it feels like it's different people, different groups. And while I'd love nothing more than for them all to be consolidated into everything that I do, um, it's just nice to have that some. And so, for, or rather like just, just to have any, just to have that, right. Just to have audiences for everything I do, even if it's varying sizes and nobody gets like the full experience, you can say, um, or at least very, very few get the full experience, which I guess calling it experience sounds weird too, but like every, all of my creative stuff, like it, it's spread out, but to get back on track, I just wanted to say again, thank you for sticking by because this is an irregular update schedule me and steve can't always get together and while i've been working on changing it up a little bit because of the new streaming angle and stuff um even that i haven't been able to fully like i wanted to make it big and organized and stuff so we'd have a regular schedule that hasn't worked um but that might be for the better anyway that way 
we're always talking about what we're into at the time, right? We're, we're always talking about something that we're really down with that we want to talk about. So with that in mind, um, again, just thank you guys for sticking by. Thank you guys as I am erratic and irregular and just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been strange and different in this year, especially has been, after being away from social media for a while and after being away from a forum that I really feel like is part, I'm part of, I'm part of as a community member, like I am part of a forum, but I'm not really there because I feel like I belong there. It's more just a place to occasionally spill out some of my thoughts or get some additional perspective on things that I'm playing or what, see, see what other people are thinking in the end. And it has led to me coming off as a jerk at times, especially this year, because it's led to this weird sort of um, over-philosophical contemplation when it comes to things like identity and how we label ourselves and how we rely on those labels even to create a sort of a community, especially in this day and age where most of our communities are online rather than in person. Um, like Personally speaking, I do have my church I go to, and that is a community, and that is probably my most satisfying community to be a part of, even though I have a lot of differences with everyone in that building, but it's just satisfying because it is a community. And anywhere that I go to express for my passion of games, my passion of any kind of entertainment as art kind of ideas and thoughts, it more feels like I'm alone because I keep bumping up against perspectives, ideas, and thoughts that seem to just completely run counter to mine, be it the um, just absolute love of loving things, one might call it, where you're going to go see a movie just because it's a brand you recognize, um, regardless of whether that, that, that brand deserves to go on, ought to go on, or the movie looks good, or if it looks like a, a cash-in, or what have you. Um, there's, you know, that I don't, I don't relate to that kind of whatever people call geeky nerdery or even in games that sort of gamer element but then at the same time i see people on the exact exact opposite spectrum where it's like nothing's good anymore there's nothing good there's nothing enjoyable there's nothing to be uh played or loved all the good things are dead you know that i fell in love with. and it's like no that's not where we are at all there is plenty of good out there um and in the past i've said i want to be the sort of person that helps shed light on that good stuff but in the end, I guess I'm still working through what I am as a content creator. Streaming has been enjoyable because it is social, because I have friends that I'm close to come tune in and hang out. Um, so that's different than all the other content I create where a lot of it doesn't get that much feedback or where, especially with YouTube, it's always been so much work over such a long period of time and I'm evidently really bad with delayed gratification too as uh it just wears me out a lot of times trying to work on something so i'm trying to see i i, I said i basically quit the youtube in its current form and that's true i'm probably not doing any of those big long analyses again but i do want to go back and try and make some things at least. I want to take some of what I got from Resident Evil 4, my footage from Darksiders, see if I can make small little bits of what I've got there, like elements of the game's design that I noticed that I think are worth discussing, but might be just a smaller video instead of part of a bigger 
video instead of part of a bigger analysis. Um, again, I can't make promises though, um, especially since I've been bad about just updating my blog even. I want to update my blog more. It hasn't been updated. I've been struggling even now to put together end of year wrap up stuff that I want to do. Um, but uh, regardless, that's just some of my thoughts um, regarding all that. And I want to, again, express gratitude and hope that there will be stuff for you guys that have stuck with me, despite, again, slow updates, irregular updates, that you'll have something in the, the, the future for you. And in terms of the podcast, that goes for we're going to definitely in January have maybe a lot of stuff I want to do. We're going to do the game, the, our games of the year wrap up kind of thing or year in review. It's probably going to be me, Steve and Joey. And if I could get a fourth on board, I hope to. Um, we're going to try and do a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, spoiler podcast. Um, I feel like there might be something else. Like I am finishing up Scarlet Nexus. So maybe a Scarlet Nexus spoiler podcast. There's a few things that I'm hoping to do and hopefully going to try and have the, the, the guests rotate a bit more. Um, we'll see, but either way, hoping to have more of that. And of course we're going to hit episode 100 next year and it's going to actually come up sooner than I think even I'm keeping up with. I think this, when this goes up, it might be episode 95. So I would like to make episode 100, just a big, you know, put in your questions or like, what do you want us to talk about? So if you have anything you'd like to hear from us, um, ramblepack64 at gmail.com. Uh, ramblepack has no C in it, just P-A-K. So ramblepack64 at gmail.com. Please send some kind of a thought or email, something that you're like, please, I would like to hear you discuss this. I would like to know your thoughts on this. Otherwise, it might just be a reflection on some of the stuff me and Steve have discussed over the past... How long have I been doing this for? Since 2017. So actually close to five years. It took five years to hit episode 100, I think, which it doesn't feel like I've been doing this for five years. Interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, and yeah, it's almost 10 years for the YouTube channel, oddly enough. But yeah, if that that's some of the stuff that we have in, in line for early next year. Um, we'll, we'll figure out everything else. Cause also, you know, we want to, me and Joey at least want to have our discussion on game difficulty and I want to be a bit more fair with that. Um, cause when we first discussed it during the, the stream for the game awards or actually the first podcast, when we were discussing the categories and nominees for the game awards and some predictions, we did, we were a little bit unfair in some ways it is a difficult thing to discuss, but I think part of that is also because we come down firmly on one side regarding our preference. So, um, in regards to everything else though, like, um, check the blog to ramblepack64.com. Uh, check that out because, uh, not only do I post these episodes when I do have something that I write up, it, it does go there. And right now, like there's the, the, my big long write up on power on, the story of Xbox documentary put up by um, Microsoft. That one, I I enjoyed writing that. It's one of those rare instances where I feel like I have my my voice, my thoughts. Here's what I want to say. And it's just, boom, it works. It's just out there. And it was also one of those elements where I didn't even get to say everything that's on my mind. But it also kind of means a lot to me because the Xbox, it was a different sort of 
love for that system than I had for others. Like, I love the Super Nintendo and I love Nintendo in general. But with Nintendo at this stage in my life, I'm never sure what they're going to do next. So their next product could be great for me or it could be less great. And every, regardless, every system that they put out has drawbacks. Um, so they make a lot of great games. I can always count on them for that, but I can also count on them to do something that it's like, uh, I don't know about that. Whereas the original Xbox was like, your only complaint is that they never bothered to do something like patch in online for Halo one. Um, the original Xbox was great. It was a great system. So watching that documentary, it made me want to love Xbox again. Because I've never really loved PlayStation. I've never really loved Sony. And it's funny because I know a lot of friends. Yeah, I mean, I had two friends that are Sony guys. And they basically told me, like, man, I bought every Sony system since the first one. And it's actually funny looking back. I haven't bought a lot of systems day one. I think the only two I can remember were the Game Boy Advance and the Nintendo Switch. and Oh, no, the, the Nintendo 3DS, too. Not the Nintendo DS, though. Um... But yeah, there's like not a lot of systems I bought day one, but for like Sony, I think I have owned every Sony system as well, but not at launch necessarily. I've always waited a bit. Um, and I always waited, like the Xbox One was the first one I did. I, it took me a while to get for the Xbox systems, but I feel like Sony right now is at a point where they keep making decisions behind the scenes that to me are like red flags, red alert. Like you cannot trust them right now. Um, they're doing all kinds of things that are just bad. Like all the indie developers are against them or not against them, but like just telling you is like how bad their storefront is and how bad this, that, and the other thing is. And then you find out that from, from the Epic uh, Apple and Epic lawsuit that Sony is charging for cross play. So if you can play, your game on ps4 with people on xbox it's because that that studio that developer that publisher they paid sony money for that that privilege to do that whereas everyone else is giving it out for free and it's like uh, in addition to all the other things it's like i keep hearing this stuff and it's like man sony like they're they're the bad guy now they are the ones that right now are the bad guy but they're not doing anything that's so blatantly obviously stupid like uh 599 US dollars that people are just still going in on it and because of the chip shortage the scarcity you do have this sort of scarcity can be good for a product because it gives people that FOMO that fear of missing out so they're going to try and get it as soon as they can because otherwise how long do they have to wait so it sounds awful to say but this chip shortage, and some people might not even agree, but the chip shortage, I think that's actually beneficial to Sony because it means there's guaranteed to be people wanting to buy the PS5. And that's working out for Microsoft in a lot of ways too, even though the Xbox One S is still plenty in supply, but the C the Series X, sorry, the Xbox Series S, because the Series X is still you know, lower supply, because it has a disk drive and it's the more powerful one. So that's what people want to upgrade to. But if you don't care about 4K, if you don't care about some of this other stuff, you can get the Xbox Series S. Or if you don't care about not having a disk drive. Um, but that I think is part of the disappointment too. Because it's like, okay, I would love to be all in with Xbox again. I would love to be all about following them, giving them my 
faith as a consumer, but other than I think Game Pass is a good deal, I don't trust Microsoft now because the guy and that documentary really hits on it. The guys that were there for the original Xbox, they like they understood what they were making and they had a passion and a drive. It wasn't just a business, it was this is something we want to do because we're we want to make something we want to use. Um, if we were going to make a games console as a developer and as a gamer, what would we want? And that's what drove them. And now I don't think that's the driving philosophy and I don't think it's been for a while. So Nintendo at least has the, we're a toy maker. What's fun in their mind? Like there's business there still too. You do have business, you do have shareholders and all that. But first and foremost, they're a toy company and that means they have fun in mind. And so that is something that I feel you can trust more, even if you also know that means you're not always going to be the target. Um, it, it's like a purity of focus on their end. And so I don't see that in either Sony, especially now that Sony is headquartered in America instead of Japan. We've now got a whole culture change and then there's all kinds of stuff that happens with that, again, I'm, and I'll openly admit, I'm upset that they closed so many of their Japanese studios, so much of the Japanese talent is gone, and it feels like it's all because they want to chase Naughty Dog, but again, like, that's, that's just, like, and when you get right down, there's so much of that going on in this industry anyway. I mean, right now, Activision's the one that's big and obvious, but Randy Pitchford still has a job, you know, it's not like he's a good person. Um, you see, uh, Ubisoft insist like telling their employees, sorry, no NFTs are the future and we're going to keep chasing loot boxes and stuff. Like you see the, all of these big companies and it's enough to, to, to really lose some of your faith in this stuff. But again, that's where I say like, that's why I know people that are all doom and gloom, but when you step away from that, you, then you find some, like again, game pass, is friendly corporate. You can't trust them. They're never your friend, but it at least has value in mind. You're not paying 70 bucks for the new halo. You're not paying 70 bucks when, uh, the next, um, Hellblade comes out when the next Starfield comes out, because as long as you have game pass, boom, there it is. You got it. Now, granted, if you don't have game pass, the nice thing is you can still buy it on steam. Um, you can still better. No, granted the Bethesda games and all that, they are going to be, on microsoft's platforms exclusively now but there's somewhat of a choice and an option there and you're not going to have epic game store exclusivity so you still have options if you don't want game pass you can still get it on pc you can still get it on steam and you can still end the microsoft store so you're not even forced just to use the microsoft store you're on steam um and then you can get it on console if you want, or you can use X cloud, you know, like that's where Microsoft strategy is now. It's not about selling you the device. It's about selling you the platform and well, not, okay. That's bad word. It's just about selling you the service and that service is on every platform that you already have. And so that is, people keep calling it consumer friendly. I'm still looking at it as a, as a potential Trojan horse but it is valuable. 
it is a way that and I've I've taken advantage of it. Like I've benefited from using Game Pass this year. Um, and that will be something I write about for my year write up when I get to it for the blog. But that's 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 the thing. Like you have these elements of lack, I guess to, to dial back a bit, the lack of trustworthiness in companies, but at the very least, I feel like Microsoft is somewhat looking at me not just as a consumer willing to shell out money to swallow whatever they're shovel shoveling out. They do care about variety in their product. And early stages so far, they seem like they're going to be a good first party studio developer. Um, they look like they're trying to right wrongs of the end of the 360 and the early Xbox One. But, you know, I've got, you know, I'm shaking your hand, but I've got a knife behind my back just as I, I expect you to have. That's my feeling towards Microsoft right now. Whereas Sony, I'm basically done. I'm done giving them money until I see them set the knife down. Because I feel like they're just flaunting it at this point. But, again, they're not flaunting it in the same way that they did when they said 599 US dollars. Because that's basically when they rose it up in a threatening manner. And I this, this allegory is going too far. Um, or metaphor. Allegory or metaphor. I can never keep track. Um, but anyways, yeah, those are some of my feelings on that. And I guess, it's a little, again, it's a little window because I'm surrounded by my friend. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here making all these feelings known. Meanwhile, I have friends everywhere that are like, yes, yeah, so I just got a new PlayStation 5. And it's like, oh. And that, again, it's like the, the, the dumbest things that can lead you to feeling isolated. But anyways, that is the, I think that's the end of what I want to say on those matters. And again, it's like, that's some of what I have in store for the future. And anyways, thank you for listening this year. Thank you for uh, still sticking around. Thank you. If, if you have checked out the streams, if you've checked out uh, anything, like anything else that I've done, um, and I thank you for sticking around until next year. So here's my thank you to you. I hope you at least enjoyed this one last episode. Uh, may it help you on your travels to and from family if you got them, or if you're just, you know, need something to listen to, then here you go. Here's an episode. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. And now without further, uh, without any further wasting of time, here's our conversation after the game awards. That's not too bad. I'm actually fine with that. I'm, I'm fine. I yeah. was expecting more from Nintendo. I think the last two years, Nintendo hasn't really announced anything. Maybe it's like, okay, we announced uh, Bayonetta 3 way too early. Let's not ever do that ever again. But it's just... And they also announced Metroid Prime 4 too early. And uh, I can understand the, the... why they chose to do that with um, 4. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's like... like that's the I... thing, like... Announcing Dread, like, not even six months before the game releases, like, four months ahead of time, and then you get your hands on it. I, and I think like, it was actually, like, two months. No, 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 because they announced like it in June. Out. They announced it in June, and it came out in October. But it's like, okay, it was right. not that long of a wait, and it's like, holy cow. Um, See, that's what I like about, about Nintendo and their marketing. Like, because we, we've been waiting for, like, Crimson Desert. 
since last year, and we didn't no news, see anything yeah. from it this year. It's like no, nothing new. Uh, Dokev, we finally, yeah, like we've seen nothing yeah. new. It's well, that's the thing. Dokev, I think they showed new footage this year, but then it's like, oh, here's a K-pop dance segment, and uh, uh, we still don't know when it's coming out. And it's like, okay, okay, yeah. can you at least be? Um, Capcom, I have no idea. Other than Monster Hunter, what are they releasing next year? Like, they usually have something for that January to March window. I mean, granted, like, again, Resident Evil Village was probably meant to come out earlier, but combination of COVID and completely having to redesign the combat, um, delayed it to May. But there is nothing, um, for Monster, uh, for, for Capcom next year. They announced that the um the the game that begins with the letter P, I keep forgetting its name, uh the Pragmata, that's delayed to 2023. Um oh, geez. so what does Capcom have next year? And I'm trying to figure it out and I uh, yeah. Uh, dude, you know what? They've been putting out bangers since 2017. They have been. Uh and if they took a year off, I don't think anybody would, would complain. <laughs> a year off except for uh, I mean, Monster you Hunter. Have the, you have the Monster expansion. Hunter Rise expansion. That's what you summer. got, yeah. But that's the thing, it's like what and, new games have they got? And especially because it's like we, okay, we got Mega Man Eleven and Mega Man Eleven was actually good. Do they have anything of that anymore? Or are we not getting any more Mega Man? Um so there I mean, is they they have teased another Mega Man Zero, but obviously that's not gonna be like a big what? you know, blockbuster game. Uh, I'm here for it because I love Mega Man Zero. Mega yeah. Man Zero 1, 2, and 3 are, are some of my favorites, but, you know, some of my all-time favorite games. But I don't... And, and yeah, Impotero says Street Fighter Six. Like, that has been teased here and there. Um, you know, yeah, they, they, there's talk about that. I don't know if they would release it because they just lost the director, right? Well, Dragon Ball Dogma 2 is something that's been rumored. There's a lot of stuff that's been rumored, but... And that's the thing, like... Originally, the rumor for Metroid Dread was a fusion remake. Um, so rumors can sometimes be on the level, but then at the same time not be. Um, also, fusion remake, I would I would welcome that. Uh, also, just like a straight up, you know, if we can get a a collection of the main series Metroid games, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd Honestly, be nice. dude, I would actually if they took Dread and remade Super Metroid, I would be down. Um, because yeah, I totally be down. Like that's that's one of the things because like going back to Super Metroid was my favorite two D one, but like it it already felt like clunky compared to Fusion and Zero Mission. But the map design and everything was still better for me for Super Metroid. But with the way Dread plays and controls, it's like it's really hard to go back. It really is like that's one of the reasons I keep going back to uh, Metroid Dread because. It feels great just to play, dude. Samus yeah, is so dude. responsive. The movement, and you're right. Like when I, because I, I did get 100% before, but I'm playing again now. And knowing all the stuff that you can do, like the actual mechanics to the um, speed boost, where you're able to, okay, I'm going to jump, wall jump there, keep my speed, slide go through these blocks and then like bounce between walls. Like you're going through two, two or three different screens able to maintain the speed boost through like wall bouncing slides and stuff and do it so perfectly and get an item. And it's like, I just pro gamed that man. 
And it's not like it's that yeah. difficult. It's knowing how it works and it just feels so good. And it's like, I don't remember the last time I played a game who just like the responsiveness, the feeling of it feels that good. And yeah, you can use the shine spark on certain bosses to really cut down on them. Now, granted, I'm not that yeah. good at that yet. Um, some of them I don't really have. Uh, I don't have that well, but it's like all these little things that you could do. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, Metroid Dread is like, this is why I love video games. And Village ha like Village gets close. But it's like what it I does because to... it has that kind of same level of nuance. Yeah. You know, where you can you can really figure out how to do certain things that that really cut down uh they, they they cut down a lot of the time that it would take to beat the game, where it ends up being a 15 hour game, you can cut it down to two, three, four hours, you know, if you if you really know what you're doing and you've played it well enough. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Is that the like it, it encourages subsequent playthroughs. And adds more value to the game, and you'll be talking to people like we are right now. You'll be talking to people about them, and be like, "Yo, dude, you, you got to try doing this and that, and this at these specific points." And you'll be like, "I never thought of that." And then you try it, you're like, "Holy crap, that was hard to do, but that was cool." And I'm gonna keep doing that every time I keep every time I play. And you know what's funny? Because I never really did much sequence breaking. I experimented a little bit with Super Metroid. I'm like dropping I... off, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> Later, Steve. <laughs> you guys can talk Metroid till midnight. <laughs> uh, actually, I, we I'm do need to cut. Hold on. Actually, no, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Because we need to save this anyway. Like This is our preview of the Game of the Year discussion. So we'll just consider that our preview Game of the Year discussion where, yeah. you know, unfortunately, Steve will be like the odd man out. But um, no, That's this okay. The, the 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 game awards though i mean i guess it, like, diversity if i was <laughs> if i were to um ask you guys firstly uh the biggest announcement if you could remember any of them that happened let me see if i could call up uh gamas uh, uh gamatsu sorry not gamatsu it probably has a bunch um the plague tale requiem that wasn't it. Rockstar music video, Telltale Games. Oh, former Telltale Games developers announced narrative adventure Star Trek Resurgence. Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Actually, you know what? For me, I might be Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League because it showed gameplay, and you're right, it does look uh more like Saints <laughs> Row than Saints Row does. Um, I feel like that was that was also one I wasn't interested in, and now I am interested in oh, the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Crap. So that's well, okay, so yeah, one, sorry, one of the I missed that Babylon's Fall is launching March 3rd, so there is a March release. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, and no Xbox, that's a shame. Um, Tunic is March 16th. Okay, I got some things to add. Hellblade 2 looks good, but yeah, continue with what you were saying about Suicide Squad. No, I was just saying that, that was a that trailer was effective uh, The be just simply for the fact that it was a game I knew existed didn't care too much one way or the other, but now I am interested having watched, you know, a few minutes of cutscene and select gameplay, basically. So Yeah, yeah. It, it looks silly as hell and doesn't take itself too seriously, which is surprising for like, you know, a uh like a licensed game. You know, I'm I'm used to these uh especially Warner Brothers games, like they, they take themselves way too seriously at points. I have a feeling what they're going to start doing now, because 
that has a very strong feeling of we really want to emulate the films. Um, so how long they've been going for a silly tone, I don't know. But considering the original, like, that's the thing. Like, what happened with um, the first Suicide Squad film? They tried to go back, change the trailer, change it up to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League does have that sort of tone. Um, so it looks, it looks like it could be fun. It looks like it could be enjoyable. Um, Steve, you were right. Forspoken does launch in May. I thought it was March, but it's May. Um, and you're right, that trailer, I'll probably look at some of these trailers again. That's one of them I'll probably look at again. Um, it does look better than the uh, gameplay showcase from this year, uh, from this summer, sure. rather. Uh, and of course, Sonic Frontiers. You guys are the Sonic guys. I'm probably not touching this game just because I don't know. Maybe if it's on Game Pass, Listen, I don't know. Like I just, eh. you're smart for that. You're wise <laughs> for that, <laughs> right? And, and I, I am a longtime Sonic fan. I technically, uh, Super Mario Land was my first video game, but the first video game I can distinctly remember is Sonic One on the Genesis. Um, so I've always said that Sonic One has, has been. One of my all-time favorite games, despite all of its flaws. Uh, and I've stuck with the blue blur for a long time, through thick and thin, through <laughs> good and worst. Just worst. Not bad, worst. Um, the, the, the fact that there is potential and that, and that they're trying actually something new is... Uh, intriguing, uh, especially if what what it looks like at the end is going to be like a Shadow of the Colossus type boss. If that end, if if like giant bosses are kind of like levels in and of themselves, where you got to go fast and, and do obstacles and crap like that, it could be a good time. Yeah, I guess if um, I think I think the thing that'll be make it work, make it or break it is going to be if it is open world, how that open world traversal works. That's the oh, thing man. that gets me, yeah. Make it sort of like Spider-Man where it's fun to just move from point A to point B. Then I think it'll succeed even if there are other shortcomings with it. Um, I think that's the, the core thing they need to nail uh, to make that. Yeah. I guess I'm curious then how they manage it. Because like... When I was thinking about it earlier today, Forza Horizon came to mind because Forza Horizon, I believe, is the open world racing game. So speed, right? Got to go fast. Um, if you're trying to make an open world game with Sonic, I feel like that's the direction you'd want to go. But it looks more like, again, like they got the, 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 the points of interest on the map. And it's like, but if you're Sonic and you're moving fast, how quickly do you go from point A to point B? At the same time, I'm wondering, I don't know. I guess you got to see more because they showed that it's a big world. They didn't really show Sonic interacting with the world very much. So it is too early to tell. But you saw points where you could interact. Yes. And even the tower itself, it's like, are these panels that you can run up? And then is it like a brief mini Sonic stage kind of a deal? Um, yeah. What it actually reminds me of in some ways is like Sonic, uh, was it Sonic Lost World was basically Sonic, but like Mario Galaxy, or at least that, like that's yeah. the connection I made in my mind. And a lot of people didn't seem to like it, but I thought that was an interesting way to go. Maybe it's like the execution was off though. I don't know. 
Yeah, look, it it tried too many new things when Sonic is really mostly about good platforming and not so much like like there were level like there are level gimmicks, not so much like it, like gimmicks that that are the level, you know. Um, <clears throat> that, that's like this. This is why I, I I think Chris, you should try and play Sonic Mania because Sonic Mania really does have a good balance. And if you have problems with running into things when you're running too fast. When you start going fast, just press down so you can roll, and anything that's in front of you dies. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe a, a important core trick on Sonic, but yes. But once um, you got that down, you gold. I do find that amusing, though, because you you you're a lifelong Sonic fan. Steve, my my understanding is he got into it later. And so he just he's played so many of them with his kids. But that's the thing. He's kind of gone in them in a big bunch close together. So it's not like, you know, going through your life and, you know, it's like, oh, come on, can it please get good again? Like Steve, like most of them, he's able to play the good and the bad. And it's not like he's experiencing the disappointment between releases. So I find that uh, kind of amusing. He's yeah, not okay, experiencing. So I mean, yeah, my, my just real quick. So I played Adventure and Adventure 2. And a little bit of Heroes in college is when I really first played them. And so that's kind of was my introduction. I thought Shadow the Hedgehog looked kind of dumb. And <laughs> oh, boy. Kind of dumb. <laughs> I, I played the demo for Sonic 06 and oh. felt like the controls were just a little bit too janky and didn't come back to the series until Sonic generations and then after playing generations i know you know, that's not true because i i played through like sonic one two and three on one of the collections in between that um and then eventually like went i went back and did like the master emerald or not the get all the chaos emerald runs and all that stuff somewhere in between that played sonic generations and then went back and played all of them got all of the like so, like, when I played Sonic Adventure in college, like, one, I think I only beat, like, the Sonic story, the Knuckles story, and the uh, Gamma story. I didn't beat Amy, Big, Tails. So, and, like, I didn't ever beat the Dark story. I only beat the Light. So, like, I finally got all the true endings on all that and played all the games, including Sonic 06, which I still think there's some redeeming qualities to that game. <laughs> So I kind of that sort of turned me into a Sonic super fan in weird ways, but <laughs> somehow somehow playing like all of the worst Sonic games made me love Sonic more. So that's oh man, that's fascinating. I, you know, I, I like how you bring up the, the the demo to Sonic 06 because the demo you might remember this the demo played better than the final release itself. Huh. I'm trying to remember if I played the demo because I did. I don't remember if I game flied it or if I did actually buy Sonic 06. Because I was like, you know well, what, let me give it a try. Because I thought it was good, but now it did not last long. But remember... Well, actually, Chris, if you want to play a little bit of cringe at some point, thanks to our buddy Zach, uh, oh, I no. have Sonic 06. Um, if, if you just want to play a little bit... No, no, no. This I do have thing. it. Uh, it's something you need to experience. No, you like, do. You really need no. to try it. So bad no you need I experienced to experience enough of it, it just once i experienced enough of it and i've seen that he kisses the girl uh i, I i've seen that's, no, no, that's, that's not the stuff that matters it's not that it's like 
how did this game get released in the state that it was in? Dude, that's why I never played very far into it. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, I acknowledge Sonic 06 is not representative of all Sonic. Like, I, I like to trash on Sonic once in a while, but it's like Sonic 06 is an anomaly. Um, and, and as you know, Steve, like, I did get Sonic Forces. I played through and I was like, okay, that wasn't bad. Um, Forces isn't bad. It's also just meh. Which seems to be a lot meh. of uh, the thing. So at the very least, Frontiers shouldn't be meh. But that's the thing. If I were a Sonic fan, I'd be like, please don't be another another 06. Please don't be another 06. Cause... Dude, I, I've been that way since 06. Sonic 4, like Sonic the Hedgehog 4 happened. And and I was like, okay, this is kind of a return to form. It controls weird, but it's not bad. And then the second one comes out, and it's like, okay, it's not bad. Sonic Colors happens, and it's like, oh my lord, they they didn't screw it up. Yeah. And then and then the HD version happens, and you're like, I mean, it's playable, but what happened? This is a Wii game. What did you guys do? <laughs> you know what? I almost forgot, though. And this will be the one that we close on, other than my immense disappointment that Final Fantasy VII Remake is on PC, and it's Epic Game Store exclusive. But no, what... um. Because it's funny, that's the thing. The problem with all these, like, here's announcement after announcement after announcement. Stuff comes in and then shoves out of your head. Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2. That dude. That, all right. That reveal trailer was sick. Cinematic there and then gameplay. Game yeah. There was gameplay. Okay. I will say for a new announcement, like something that I had no idea was coming, that, that was probably my, like, wow moment of the of the event was the yeah. warhammer your space marine 2 an uh announcement i mean we're trailer. talking to, i think the original studio is one of those that got lost with the thq uh closure and everything because that's one of the that that was one of those games that was like oh man thq can put out good stuff not good enough to save it um but because yeah that game I, I remember playing and i was like man this is a fun game um and it was a shame that there was never yeah, going to be... Yeah, I heard it was fun, maybe a little bit repetitive, but that was like the only thing... That was like the only bad mark I heard. And they, as you said, they showed the cinematic trailer, and then they were like, oh, by the way, gameplay. So no idea when it's releasing. There's nothing in the initial announcement that gives a time frame. Hopefully next year. Um, but no, it looked, it looked good. It looked fun that they showed three Space Marines... Has me wondering if this one is going to be single player, just like the first, or if they have co-op plans. But we'll see. Um, but you're right. If like when it comes to games that there was no idea what's coming out, that that's actually it. Yeah, that's that might be one of the few that was a real new announcement, a real world premiere. Um, but okay. And, and also, I like how how it was back to back Warhammer announcements as well. Oh they, yeah, they Vermintide. A new expansion to Vermintide Two, which came out of nowhere. Both of these announcements really came out of nowhere. We knew Dark Tide was happening. There was no sign of Dark Tide outside of, I think, a name drop. But that's that's like, for, yeah. if you're a Warhammer fan, bro, like you got you got stuff to look forward to. So I guess for me, it's definitely... Oh, yeah, Alan Wake 2 was announced as well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's... Yeah, that, that's a wild one, because like the, the fact that the first Alan Wake even came out is, is wild. 
and now we're finally getting a getting a sequel. So there was a lot of stuff uh, to tally up. So we're getting an Alan Wake two, which I'm not as surprised about, but um, we've got what else is going on? Uh, Bookie Game Studio, which well, I knew Alan about Wake them. Remastered, like happening out of nowhere. Uh, you, like a remaster shows that that you know. It's well, in the works. You had the remaster, and you also had Control acknowledging Alan Wake. So um, there was enough hints that we might be seeing more of Alan Wake later on. And I think he's supposed nice. to be in one of the DLCs, or at least mentioned. But um, And again, Bokeh Game Studios, uh, the founded by the Silent Hill Siren and Gravity Rush creator. So that's the director. And of course, they bring up uh, Silent Hill, but... Um, Though that game, Slitterhead, looks interesting, and for some reason it sounds so wrong for me to pronounce that name. Um, oh, that, that is by design. It's funny because it's like, th- it looks closer to what I wanted the Ghostwire Tokyo gameplay to look like. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, same, actually. We'll see. Um, and of course, Hellblade 2. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. So... It wasn't bad. It was a good, decent series of announcements. Um, and even the awards surprised at points. Um, actually, maybe I should look up the winners because, I, I mean, I, you don't really get a good look at um, winners. Here we go. So yeah. to tally up, let's view all the winners that we care about. Game of the year was... Uh, it Actually, hold on. Maybe I can go back to sharing uh, never mind i don't have a good setup for it um <laughs> game of the year was it takes two which is surprising um best game direction was death loop um best narrative was marvel's guardians of the galaxy which again it's funny after playing it i'm surprised it's not in those other two categories game of the year and yeah. um best uh, game direction because it's and honestly even best art direction because every single world like there you go yeah steve I, was, I may not have played death loop but tell me is any environment in death loop as imaginative or interesting as the various worlds you get to see in marvel's guardians of the galaxy not really i i uh i mean it's different but yeah not now i don't think so yeah, and therefore it, it gets best art direction instead of Kennebridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, or The Artful Escape. So that's... Well, okay, so I mean, yeah, I mean the thing... Kenna, I mean, well, not, not, not Kennebridge, really, because I actually really do need to get some sleep. Okay. Um, the thing with, with Deathloop, I will say, is part of the... And I guess it's not really art direction. The A lot of the environments feel very natural in the way that you can move through them from different angles and perspectives not in like Mm -hmm. like they're designed in a way that's like doesn't feel like a video gamey here's an alternate path it just feels very natural and very much true to the design that there were six different ways that you could get into this room and there's something i don't know that's really art design that's level design. It's got like architecture to it, yeah. like yeah. proper architecture. There, there is like there's an element of it that is like the architecture and the art design, and but then yeah, an element of that is also the yeah the something else, the right level design. <laughs> so it's it's 
it's complicated, but it falls into that whole like, what do these categories even mean, and what categories could you? Because that sounds more like level design or some other stuff, or that could go into game direction. That feels yeah. different than uh, art direction. But best score of music goes to Near Replicant. Best audio design went to Forza Horizon Five. Um, I hit next. I hit next. Go to next. Uh, best performance was Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu, which is very well earned. Yeah, buddy. Um, games for Impact winner was Life is Strange: True Colors. That's everything Shocker. about that is uh, Joey's favorite. Best ongoing was Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV, which is totally, totally deserving of that. Best indie was Kenny Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which again is kind of surprising, but um. Yeah, most of these winners I don't mind. Okay, best, best mobile, we don't care about that category. Don't uh, well, best community support, which I don't remember that being uh, mentioned, but that also went to Final Fantasy fourteen online. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Innovation is and accessibility was given to Forza Five Horizon Five oh, yeah, for the uh, Forza. Um, best VR and AR was Resident Evil Four VR. Best action game was Returnal, which again is mostly shooters, so it's kind of like okay. Um, best action adventure was Metroid Dread. So, my boy, got right now though, Resident Evil Village hasn't won. Best role playing game was Tales of Arise. I know Village won something. What did it win? Guilty Gear Strive was best fighting. Um, best family game was It Takes Two, which again is that a family game? It's co op, but uh, Age of Empires Four right, got it, best it, some strategy. Yeah, I think it would be best family game. It's it's ready to eat for everyone. You, you play okay. it with your with your sibling and then cry. Okay, there you go. Uh, best sports and racing was Forza Horizon Five, uh, which is not surprising. Best multiplayer was It Takes Two. Um, Monster Hunter Rise got robbed. Don't care about content creator of the year. Best debut indie was also Kenneth Bridges Spirits because it was their first uh, first game. Uh, most anticipated game was Elden Ring. Uh, and then Shocker. I think everything else was esports. I thought, did oh wow, I think the only thing Resident Evil Village won then was the best performance, which is honestly kind of uh, that does feel like a bit of a robbery, but um, yeah, uh, oh well, um, it is what it is. Most of, I mean, honestly, it's like it does feel like no matter what, a lot of good stuff did get acknowledged and. Fortunately, as much as I'm like Deathloop, really, I haven't heard anybody really talking about it. Like again, that's the big thing. Is like Deathloop, I haven't heard of it as a bad game. I don't have anything against it. The only thing is just like, really, I haven't, I haven't like people like. There's no buzz. There's no buzz around the game. So, um, there like the marketing was terrible, and then it came out, and I heard quite a bit of buzz from people. Like the, like the reviews and whatnot, sure, they came out and they were like, yo, this game's amazing. And I was like, oh, all right, I guess. And I heard some people say that it was surprisingly good, but like the the, the people who were playing it dropped off. Like they dropped the hell off. Exactly. Like, like So I don't know. So, um, but it is it is what it is. Um, but I mean, that's the thing. Like if to me, it at least goes to show that 2021 was a pretty good year. And again, like at least in the in the awards themselves, there was no like big controversy. There was no big um, Neil Druckmann trying to like incite a stinking war amongst the, 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 the social media. 
So, um, but yeah, it is evidently bedtime for everybody, not just uh, Steve. So, yep. good night, <laughs> good night, Phoenix. Uh, good night, you guys. Thank you, guys. Night, thanks everybody. guys for joining me. Thanks for um, hanging out, watching this with me, and uh, it was a good time. So, thank you all. Have a good night, and I might upload this last uh, portion of conversation anyway as a separate a Steve. So, all right, all right. Have a good one, Another Game Awards coming gone. Yep. Have a good night, everybody. Later.